Turn with me to Mark chapter 11 tonight, if you would, Mark chapter 11. While you're going there and they're getting a few more of the outlines out, I'm excited to tell you that Frank and Tammy Trujillo have been visiting for a while here at Faith Baptist and actually come back for a little bit, right? They attended newcomers class and were very faithful to that and uh, asked me a bunch of questions I couldn't answer, but we did our best. But they come tonight, met with them, and they give a great testimony of knowing Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And they have been scripturally baptized, and they would like to be a member here at Faith Baptist Church. So if you accept them into membership on their statement of faith and knowing Christ and their believer's baptism, say amen. amen. All right, guys. It's good to have you. Glad that you're here. I told them what we tell everybody, right? If God's leading you to Faith Baptist, he's not leading you here to sit. He's leading you here to serve. Uh, so go read 1 Corinthians 12 if you question that, all right? And that's, the body's not healthy if everybody's not using their spiritual gifts. Uh, so we encourage you to do that. All right, I want to talk to you tonight about how to pray a breakthrough prayer. I began this series several weeks ago, and we had a missionary last week who was awesome. I uh, loved hearing about the Amazon and what God's doing down on the Amazon through the uh, missionary. Uh, but we're just going to continue for a few more weeks on, on this thought of prayer uh, now, a breakthrough prayer, what we're going to really focus on tonight, it's different than a normal prayer. Okay, the last two, we've talked about how to break through in our prayer life, and we talked about how prayer is communication, right? It's not to be one-sided, that's a speech. Uh, it is communicating with God, and so we, we've broken that down. They're online. If you want to go catch up or you need to, uh, you can go listen to those. But a breakthrough prayer is not a normal prayer. A normal prayer may go something like this. God, give me the energy for today, right? God, I, I need some strength or I need more caffeine. I don't know what your prayer's like, but it, it could be, it's just, God, I need wisdom, right? Those are, so, those are pretty much normal prayers. Most of us pray those kinds of prayers all the time. And that's the normal, normal prayer what we're going to run with. Breakthrough prayers are not for everyday use. Breakthrough prayers are when you have a crisis in your life that's uncontrollable. Breakthrough prayers are when everything's going wrong and you can't do anything in your power to change the situation. That's when we need a breakthrough prayer. It's when you desperately need God just to step in. When you need to go home and clean your house, don't pray the breakthrough prayer. Right? Just go clean your house. But when there's something beyond your scope, it's unknowable, it's unmanageable, it's uncontrollable, then you need to know how to pray a breakthrough prayer. Now, I want to give you an analogy of what we're going to lead into in Mark 11 here. Uh, one of the elements of a breakthrough prayer is actually believing in advance and thanking God in advance before whatever that breakthrough you need ever happens. So I liken it to this, right? If I were to call you up and say, hey, God's been good to us, I, I wrote a check to pay your next 12 mortgage payments. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Right? So I wrote a check, and I placed it in the mail, but I want you to know that it's coming. So the check's in the mail. It's on the way, and your next 12 mortgage payments are going to be paid. Would, my question is this. Would you wait until you receive the check to say thank you? Would you wait till you receive the check to believe that it was coming? Now, I know there's a lot there, right? Is Robbie a man of integrity? You know, what kind of prankster is he? I get all that stuff that's in there. But if it's serious, and, and would you, if I called you and told you that, you would think, man, he's an honest guy. I hope you think that, right? He, he's a man of integrity. And, and if he says it's so, it's so. Would you thank me then on the phone, or would you wait till you got the check in the mail? 
I hope you would thank me on the phone, right? You haven't received the check yet, but you're, you believe that it's in the mail because I said it was. And this is what God wants us to do with a breakthrough prayer. I want to start tonight with this thought. When we need God to move in a situation because we're powerless, then we go to him in prayer and we immediately thank him for what he's going to do. That's what it starts with, that breakthrough prayer. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, Jesus put it this way. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, I really want you to get this. Notice the, the change in tense here. Jesus said, believe that you have received it. That's past tense. And then he says, you will receive it, which is future tense. So I want to read that verse, and I want you to emphasize with me the word have. Let's read it together. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you, have, you ask when you pray, Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Do you believe that? The breakthrough prayer believes that 100%. You say, now wait a minute. I have to believe when I need something, I need God to step in. I need him to move in an area that, that I have no power, no control. I, I can't control the situation. It's, it's out of my control. I have to believe when I go to him in a breakthrough prayer, that he's going to do what I'm asking him to do before he'll do it? Yes. Let me put it this way. Yep. That's called faith, folks. I believe that it's already on the way in order to get it. Now, you might be thinking, you mean I need to believe God is going to do what I'm asking, even though it hadn't happened? I have to believe it's going to happen? Yes. <laughs> I sent you a check in the mail. Do you believe that check's in the mail? Yeah, I believe because whatever reason, right? When we go to God and we need a breakthrough and we need him to step in, do we actually believe he's going to do it? We need to for it to happen. So we start thanking him already because we believe it's going to happen. Now, there's a difference between gratitude and faith. This is in your handout. Both of them are important in prayer, but we need to know the difference. Thanking God after he gives us something is gratitude. Thanking God after he gives us something is gratitude. Thanking God before he gives it is called faith. And a breakthrough prayer is a prayer of faith. It's not a prayer of gratitude. There, we should have our prayer times of gratitude. It can be involved in somewhat in our prayer time of thanking him. But thanking him up front before it's happened is a prayer of faith. And that's what he wants. In the breakthrough prayer, we need to have faith, not just gratitude. Uh, just an example, Abraham did this. If you remember the story, God told Abraham, you're going to have a son. <laughs> and you're going to be the father of many nations. Abraham started thanking God immediately. He, they had been praying, they had been praying, they believed, they were thanking. And God said, you're going to have a son. And Abraham started immediately thanking him for what he was going to do. What he was going to do. God, thank you, you're giving me a son. I mean, God even changed his name to father of many nations. And, but do you know how many years it was in Abraham's life and Sarah's life before they got that son? It's 25 years. 25, Abraham was 100 <laughs> when he came along. 25 years he thanked God for what he was going to do out of faith. 
All of us need a breakthrough at times in our lives. Maybe you need it in your finances. Maybe you need it at the job. Maybe you need it in your marriage or a relationship. Or maybe you want to get married. You need a breakthrough, right? Nobody in sight. I really need a breakthrough here, God. I don't know. You might need a breakthrough in your health or some other area. It's an area that's uncontrollable by you. Sometimes you can, you can barely imagine what God could do in this breakthrough prayer. But he gives you a glimpse. And what you start doing, what we start doing with the breakthrough prayer, is we thank him immediately for what he's going to do. And we believe that he can and that he will do it. So turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We saw what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, uh, I mentioned this passage a couple of weeks ago. We, we highlighted it briefly along with another passage in 1 Chronicles. But I really want to dig into this passage tonight with this thought of a breakthrough prayer. Again, not your normal prayer. So I mentioned this passage, and, and it's where Jehoshaphat has three enemy nations coming up against him. And Judah, he is king, Jehoshaphat's king. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, in verse 1, the scripture says, it happened after this. Now let's stop there. I know I got four words in. It's going to be a long sermon, all right? But I'm four words into the text we're using. But it happened after this. Context is... Jehoshaphat had become king, and they had knocked down all the false idols. They quit worshiping the false idols. They, they had a spiritual revival in the nation of Judah, and, and they were where they needed to be with God. Now, here's what happens in our life, folks. We, we're, we're growing, and we're getting to know God. We're growing closer to God. We're, we're giving up things. We're having some breakthroughs in our life, and, and, and then all of a sudden, this, this thing happens where we, can, we need a breakthrough from God. And our mindset is this, God, I've, I'm doing these things for you. I'm loving you, and, and I'm changing, and, and I'm growing towards you, and I'm, I'm living life on mission towards you, God. Why is this happening now? Well, that's Judah, right? They had kicked down all the idols, knocked them down, quit worshiping false gods. They are in a spiritual revival. It was good. And then all of a sudden, after, after that spiritual revival, it says that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Man, things are good. Revival's happening. God is blessing. The people are where they need to be. And now all of a sudden these three nations are going to come and wipe them out. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria, and they are in uh, Haz Hazazon, Tamar, which is in Gedi. Now, I don't know about you, I'm going to stop there. That'd be a little overwhelming, wouldn't it? If somebody came in here tonight, <laughs> and they said, hey, there's 5,000 troops coming to come into Faith Baptist Church and just wipe us all out. I'd be a little overwhelmed. How about you? I mean, and there's nowhere to go. You can't run. You can't hide. That would be a little overwhelming. Uh, culturally and, and historically, they say it was at least three to one odds with these nations that were coming against them. There was no hope, no hope for them. It goes on and says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Now, I want to break this text down and even further into this text tonight because Jehoshaphat does some things. Jehoshaphat is in a, in a bind. He's in a situation he has no control over. He's in trouble. The nation's in trouble. They need a breakthrough from God. It wasn't, hey, God, you know, we, we need to, uh, you know, I need you to work this way in my life or just help me to feel better or right. It wasn't that kind of prayer. They got a crisis here. 
Can you see that? Say yes if you can. All right, just so you're with me. So I want to learn from Jehoshaphat from the Word of God tonight. I want to break through prayer, some elements in it, uh, to, to put into our prayer lives when we need this happening in our life. We need to do the same things that they did. First of all, Jehoshaphat prayed privately. Our text says that he set himself to seek the Lord. He set himself to seek the Lord. Instead of panicking, which don't miss that. That would have been the initial response for a lot of us, right, to panic. Oh, what are we going to do? I don't know. What do we, you know, he didn't panic. He prays. He turns to God before he turns to anything else. He doesn't seek a consultant. I want you to get this, right? He doesn't go to somebody else and say, hey, what do you think we ought to do here? These three nations are coming to kill us. Wipe us all out. What's your advice? He doesn't, he doesn't do that. That's not the first thing. He doesn't seek a business plan. Well, let's put a plan together. Right? That's not his first action. It's not, well, okay, let's just do something, put a plan. He doesn't seek a bankruptcy advisor and saying, hey, you know, we've got a problem here. That's not what he does. He doesn't Google it. Hey, well, I wonder what we should do in this situation. That's not his first response to this, this crisis in his life. He goes directly to God, and the very first thing he does in a crisis is he resolves to seek the Lord. Now, that convicted me because <laughs> a lot of times when I need a breakthrough in my life, I try to solve it whichever way I can, and then eventually I might wind up seeking the Lord on it because I've done everything I know how to do. Jehoshaphat goes there first. When we need a breakthrough, we should go to God first because Jehoshaphat seeks God privately and seeks after God. See, there's power in private prayer. There's power in private prayer. So after he had spent some time seeking God in prayer, he then enlists others to pray. Then he enlists others to pray. In fact, he gets the entire country praying about it, together to pray for God's help. And, and there's power in individual prayer, and there's power in community prayer or group prayer. Look at verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. Jehoshaphat sent out word to the tribe of Judah that they were in trouble. <laughs> they needed God. They needed a breakthrough. They had a crisis. He sent out word. And everyone needed to fast and pray. That's the word he sent out. Now listen, he didn't try to handle this on his own. I know people in, uh, throughout the years will say, man, we didn't know that was going on in your life. I didn't want to bother you. <laughs> Basically, you didn't want others to pray with you about that? That's what I heard. You know, that situation, that crisis, that, that, that uncontrollable thing that was in your life that you needed God to have a breakthrough in, you didn't tell anybody. And the, the second thing Jehoshaphat does is after his quiet time, after his personal time, after he's personally sought the Lord, he got the whole nation involved in on it to fast and pray about it. Look at verse 4. So Judah gathered together to ask help, from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. I, that's just incredible to me. That's where the nation was at that time, right? They'd had this spiritual revival, and they were in a crisis. They needed a breakthrough from God. The word came out. We have this situation. We all need to fast and pray. And it says they came from all the cities of Judah. The whole entire land came. The nation of Judah came together to pray a breakthrough prayer because there was three nations coming up against to kill them and there was nothing they could do in their own power to stop it. They needed a breakthrough. 
So Jehoshaphat prays privately, and then he enlists the prayer of others with him. With him. So listen to me. That is one of the reasons why having godly relationships in our lives is so important. We need godly people in our lives to pray with us so we can experience breakthrough prayers in our lives. We can help pray some breakthrough prayers in other people's lives. It's really powerful. It's very powerful when you experience this kind of prayer. God answering this kind of prayer. It's a powerful thing. It's almost addicting to an extent. It's not that you are begging for a crisis, but you're just like, hey, the next one comes. I'm praying a breakthrough because God's going to take care of this. I believe it. And to, to pray with somebody else a break, for a breakthrough like this in their life, that nothing else can solve the problem, nothing else can take care of this situation except God. And to pray with them about that and for them about that and then watch God do it. Oh, that's so good. It's so good, but... People can't pray that way if they don't know. If they have no clue what's going on. That's why it's so important to have these healthy, godly relationships in our lives. So we see the private prayer and the community prayer, the national prayer actually for them. So how do we pray a breakthrough prayer? So we see what he does first, right? He seeks God. He goes straight to God. And then after, after that, he goes to everybody else. How do you pray a breakthrough prayer? Well, you focus on God, not the problem. And I touched on this two weeks ago. I'm going to hit it again. Because if you're like me, and I think most of you probably are somewhat, when we're in a crisis, it's natural to go to God and say, God, I'm in a crisis. (laughs) Isn't that natural? And then what do we start talking to God about? The crisis, the problem, the situation. That's not what Jehoshaphat does. That's not the example that he sets. We start telling him about the crisis, and God, you know this crisis in my life. In case you don't know, I'm telling you, this crisis is in my life, right? And, and, and we, we go there, but, but think about this. God knows the crisis is there. He knows the situation is there. He knows that he's the only one that can step in and take care of it. I mean, he knew that's, that was going to be in our life before we were even born because he's God, and we're not. He knows if, if we have a financial situation that only he can step in or a relational need that only he can reconcile or an addiction that only that, that sin that dwells in us is so powerful in our life right now. Only God can help us break through that, that addiction. God knows that. So don't go and focus on the problem in the breakthrough prayer. We need to focus on God. Look at verse 5. Since then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, right? So he's about to pray with all the people. And we see that you focus on God, not the problem. And then what he does is he focuses on God's greatness. He focuses on his greatness. Look at verse 6. Here's what he prayed. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Not one mention of three armies coming against them. Not one mention of the situation that is facing them at the beginning of his prayer, of the breakthrough prayer that they need. They need God to step in. They need God to take care of this. And he starts off with talking about how great God is. Joshua does not focus on the crisis. He focuses on who God is. 
not the crisis in front of him. He, he tells God, you're the ruler of kingdoms and nations. You have power and might like no one else, and no one's able to withstand you, God. He focuses on the greatness of God, and then he focuses on God's unlimited power. God's unlimited power. Do you believe tonight, and I want you to answer this, do you believe God's a miracle-working God? Hmm. I hope you do, because he is. Do you believe that God is all-powerful? So whatever situation that is, whatever breakthrough you need, and whatever the, uh, it seems like there's maybe no hope because it's out of our control, do you believe we have a God that can work that situation out for his honor and his glory and relieve us from it? Do you believe that tonight? Go and tell him. That's what you tell him. That he has unlimited power. Look at verse 7. Jehoshaphat goes on in his prayer with all the people. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? What's he talking about? Well, he's talking about the Exodus. Remember, God gave the land to, to Israel, to Abraham. He said, I'm, I'm going to make you a great nation. And they begin to grow, and they begin to grow, and they sin against God. And Egyptians come in, they take them into captivity. They pray, and they pray, and they pray, and they cry out to God for a breakthrough. They pray for a breakthrough. They pray for a breakthrough. And then finally, God gives them a breakthrough, and he takes them back into the land, and God clears the land. He takes care of that. Jehoshaphat is reminding himself, he's reminding Judah the nation, that this is their God, that God can move this way, that God can bring a breakthrough. He, 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 why, he took care of the Egyptians. He cleared out the promised land. You think he can't take care of these three armies coming against us? So he's, he's focused on God's unlimited power here, his goodness and his power. And then Jehoshaphat focuses on his, God's deliverance. Look at verse 10. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Claiming it beforehand, believing it beforehand is faith. And that's what he says, you will hear and you will save. So a breakthrough prayer focuses on God's greatness, God's power, and God's deliverance. Not on the crisis, not on the situation. It focuses on those things. So what Jehoshaphat does, he stands up and he proclaims the greatness of God and the power of God and that God's going to deliver them. Just this faith that he exudes. It's amazing that he shows them this kind of faith. And then he asks God for a breakthrough. Then he goes there. Look at verse 10. And now... Here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Notice in this prayer, he's very specific. He gives a very specific request. And here's the breakthrough we need, God. Here it is. Now he lays it out before him. Not that God didn't know, but just laying it out before him. 
He's very, very specific with the request. Here's the breakthrough we need. We have no power against these nations coming against us. We have no help. (laughs) We cannot do this. They're going to wipe us out, God, if you don't step in. So what he does there is he tells them this, and this is what we need to do. We need to acknowledge to God, to tell God, (laughs) I can't do this, God, but you can for you, it's first person. You can't do this, but tell God that he can. But you can do it, God. God, this is impossible for me. I'm powerless. It's hopeless. I'm helpless. I can't do this. I need you to do this, God. I need a breakthrough. I need you to step in. Now, I want you to get this. Sometimes faith means doing nothing. We go to God, we need a breakthrough, we got a situation, we, we got this horrible situation that we don't know what to do in. We have no wisdom, we don't know how to handle it. We can't handle it. And we go to God and we recognize that, that, that uh, we spend time in individual prayer, we get other people praying with us, and, and then we recognize his greatness, we recognize his power, we recognize that he can deliver us, we believe it with everything inside of us. And, and we tell him, God, we need you because I can't do this. We can't do this, we need you. But then we want to do something. We want God to move. 25 years, Abraham prayed a prayer and thanked God for what he was going to do. We want to move. We, we're, we're, you know, we're impatient at times. And sometimes faith means not moving. You just stand still. You ready? You just keep praying. You just keep praying. You just stand there. You wait. You trust. Don't put a time frame on God. You ever done that? Prayed something a few times? Well, I guess God doesn't want to do that, so don't put a time frame on him. You're trying to do something. You ready? Puts it back in your court. I've been guilty of this. I'll pray a breakthrough prayer. I'll I'll say, God, I need this, and, and get some other people involved, and we're just asking and begging and believing, and he doesn't do it in a week, and I think, okay, well, he doesn't want to do that. Sometimes there's something so big in our life, we can't do anything about it. And all we need to do is pray this kind of prayer and let God work. He's always working. I promise you that. He's always, always working. Sometimes faith means doing nothing. Sometimes faith means just standing there and waiting while the situation seems to be getting worse. While the situation seems to be growing. We're praying this prayer. We're begging God. We're believing God. We're believing by faith. We're, we're, we're proclaiming his greatness and his power. We're, we're, we believe he's going to deliver and, and take care of this situation. And yet it seems to be getting worse. And we keep praying. Sometimes that's exactly what God wants. The enemy's headed straight at us. They're coming. They're going to. <laughs> and they're not coming for good reasons. And all our job at that time to do is wait on the Lord. Look at verse 13. It says, Now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children, stood before the Lord. Don't miss that. It wasn't just the men. It wasn't just the soldiers. It wasn't just the army. It was the entire nation. When you pray, when you need a breakthrough, you need to involve your kids. You need to involve your spouse. You need to involve your family, your church family, your group that you're in, whatever it is, the godly people in your life, but don't leave them out. They need to see God work too. 
Your kids need to see this. Your spouse needs to see it. They all stood before the Lord. And this means, you ready? It means they literally stood (laughs) and waited. They didn't move. Now, Scripture doesn't tell us how long. It could have been 10 minutes. It could have been hours and hours and hours. I don't know. We know it wasn't years because of the context of the story. But they stood and waited on God. Say, God, we're, we're looking to you. This is too big for us. We've got a national crisis. We're going under for the last time. If you don't step in, we're at the end of our rope. We're hanging on here, God. We're believing that you're going to do something. And then they stood. They just stood. See, after you've told God and focused on him and his greatness and his power and his deliverance and asked for his deliverance and got everybody praying about it, then you wait and keep praying. And then you wait and you keep praying. And then you know what you do? You wait and you keep praying. But you keep listening. Too. Because eventually, God's going to speak. Eventually, God will speak. I don't know when. But we wait and we pray. We wait and we pray. We pray and we wait. And we listen and we listen and we listen. Because the last thing here is to listen to what God says. Judah was praying, the enemy's coming. We don't know what to do. We don't have the power of God. This crisis is in front of them. They can't control it. It's getting worse by the minute. It's growing more uh, dangerous by the minute. But verse 15 is packed with encouragement for us. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon uh, Jehaziel, and God speaks to Judah through him in verse 15. He says, listen, all you of Judah and your inha- you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Oh, my gosh, is that not just good? <laughs> is that not? I mean, that's just, that's amazing. They have this situation. They don't panic. They don't try to handle it themselves. They go to God. Josh Fat, the leader, seeks God and then gets everybody else. And the nation responds. And they come together. And they seek the Lord for this breakthrough. And they recognize his greatness and his power. And they believe by faith he's going to deliver them. And God speaks through his prophet and says, do not be afraid nor dismayed. Because this great multitude... For the battle is not yours, but God's. Oh, that's so good. God hears them and answers them and tells them the battle's not there. He encourages them not to be afraid, not to be anxious. It's not your battle, guys. It never was your battle. Don't miss that. It never was yours to fight. It wasn't. When we need a breakthrough in our lives, which is something out of our control, and we need God to move, to step in, to step up, to understand that we need him. We need to understand that battle's not ours. It's not ours because it's out of our control. And then look what it goes on to say in verse 16. Tomorrow go down against them. Now hang on a second. (laughs) I have a problem there. How about you? (laughs) 
Now, wait a minute, God. You're great. You're powerful. We believe by faith you're going to deliver us. You're going to step in. You're going to have, we're going to see a great breakthrough. We're going to see a God thing move. We're going to watch God move here. He's going to take care of these heathens, right? These three nations coming up against God's people, right? I mean, we're going to, you want us to do what? Tomorrow, go down against them. Now, wait a minute, God. I thought you were going to take care of this. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Now, don't miss this. God knew exactly where they were going to be. Right? That's real easy to read over. But God says, hey, I want you to go down and go against them, and here's where they will be. Because he's God. The situation doesn't overwhelm him. He's not panicking, thinking, you know, okay, let's, send, let's divide Judah up in case they come here, 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 here. No, he knows exactly where they're going to be, and he tells them. And then he says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Okay. <laughs> Go down and stand against them, right? Yeah. It goes on to say, position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Oh, my gosh. Now, God does not let them off the hook here, right? He doesn't just say, go home, and I've got this. That's not what he says. They have to do their part. They've prayed for a breakthrough. They've believed. They've asked by faith. They recognize who he is, that he's the only one that can handle this. God says, guys, it's okay. Settle down. You know, don't be anxious. Don't worry. The battle's not yours. It's mine. Go on home, and I've got this. No, he gave them something to do, and that was to go down there. He tells them to go and position themselves. Basically, what Doug just said, he said, I want you to see what I'm going to do. I love verse 18. What is Jehoshaphat's and the entire nation's response to God's instructions? Verse 18, and Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Now, I want you to get a three-letter word in there, and it's A-L-L. What is that word? It doesn't say half of Judah did it. It doesn't say half of the nation banded together. It doesn't say that, that God said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go together, stand there, and watch what I'm going to do. I, and I want to say, you know, I'm a little busy tomorrow. You know, I had plans tomorrow. Yeah, you know, I've got a schedule, God. Can you just wrap this up real quick so I can go take care of what I need to take care of? How bad do we need a breakthrough? How serious are we about a breakthrough? How bad do we want it? It says, all the nation of Israel and Jehoshaphat, he led the way. They bowed and worshiped God. Imagine the scene. Can you just imagine with me? The entire nation of Judah worshiping God. Can you get a picture there? How amazing that must have been. Not one walking away going, nope, not doing it. So how do you pray a breakthrough prayer? The last thing is this. You do what he says. You do what he says. How's the story end? <laughs> Always like to have that, right? Look at verse 20. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. 
And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, and those who should praise the beauty of his holiness. And they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who had come up against Judah. And they were defeated, for the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies fallen on the earth, no one escaped. Is that not only a God thing there? <laughs> These three armies were banded together to come against Judah. And God moved in such a way they turned on themselves and wiped each other out. Every last one of them. But Judah did what God said to do. He said, I want you to go out and stand and observe and watch. We have to do what he says, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's scary, even if we don't understand it, which we really usually don't because it's out of our control and God's going to have to move in a way that only he can move and it's not going to make sense to us. We just have to believe him by faith. So I have a question as I wrap this up tonight. What area of your life do you need a breakthrough in? Say, Robbie, there's no armies attacking me. I don't know. Be a little broader than that, would you, okay? Bring it into today. What area do you need a breakthrough in? And are you willing to follow these steps, to take these steps, to really focus in and laser in on that breakthrough? I'm not saying this is a magic formula. Understand that tonight, right? Please. I'm not saying it's a magic formula. What I'm saying is this. This is a different kind of prayer than we generally pray because it's very specific in recognizing who God is and what we're needing him to do, and that only he can do it, giving him and how to move, giving him that, that freedom. Pray privately, enlist others to pray, focus on God, ask for the breakthrough, tell God, God, I can't do this. It's beyond my control. Listen for God to answer, and when he speaks, do what he says. Because I promise you this, you ready? God wants to break through whatever that is in your life more than you want him to. He loves us that much. He loves us that much. So where do you need a breakthrough? Maybe it's a, a sin struggle. Hey, you're a believer in Christ. You know Christ is your Savior. But there's just a sin in your life that's got a hold of you, and it's controlling you. It consumes your thoughts. You feel guilty about it all the time. You pray and ask God to be delivered from it, and then you go and do it again. Maybe it's a sin. I don't know. Maybe it's a relationship. You need a breakthrough in a relationship. Maybe somebody in your life, husband, wife, friend, family, we all have those, that we just need a spiritual breakthrough in that relationship. Maybe it's finances. I don't know. I mean, you're doing your best. You're working hard. You're being a good steward. But you need a financial breakthrough. Maybe it's health. I don't know. Where do, you need a find, where do you need a breakthrough tonight? 
we need to pray breakthrough prayers, folks. We need to be a people that pray breakthrough prayers. So let me share this with you. One area I would love to see my personal life a breakthrough in is here in our church. Man, ever, ever since January, I just feel like God wants to do something way bigger than what he's doing, more than what he's doing. We have a, a great big vision to reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to, to see the lost come to know Christ as Savior, doing only what God can do. He's the only one that can save lost souls, the only one. To see families restored, brokenness healed, to see a community on fire for God, a nation, a community on fire for God. I believe that can happen, and I've been praying that privately. But I'm going to ask you to join me in that prayer tonight as God's people, that we would see a breakthrough in our church, in our community, in our town, in our city, a spiritual breakthrough that only God can do, only the way he can do it. <laughs> I have ideas of how he should. Yeah, I'm wrong. So I'm going to ask you to do this tonight. And this is, I'm just trying to lead by example. We need a breakthrough spiritually in our church. We don't need 20% of our church on fire for God. We need 100%. And it takes personal breakthroughs and then corporate breakthroughs, community breakthroughs. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do tonight. Now, only do this if God is leading you to do it. If you will join me in this breakthrough prayer for our city and our town and our church, if you'll join me, I'm going to pray in just a second. We're going to bow our heads, and if you will, will say, Robbie, I'll join you. I will pray. I will pray a breakthrough prayer like this for our church, that, that, that we won't be lukewarm, that we won't be complacent, that we, that we won't think, you know, these, uh, we won't be more like the world than more like God, right? This, I'll pray this breakthrough prayer that we'll, we'll see hundreds and hundreds come to know Christ as Savior. We'll see the, the broken healed. Robbie, I'll pray with you on that. I'll join you in that breakthrough prayer. If you're willing to do that, we're going to bow our heads. While I'm praying, I'm going to ask you to stand. Just to acknowledge to God that you're making a commitment to join me in this. And you notice I'm sitting right now. I'm going to make that same commitment. So just in a, as a way of example tonight, it's really heavy on my heart that, that I've kept private. Staff's in, but I've kept private. We're bringing it to the church. If you'll join me, you stand while I'm praying. And only do it if God, right? If you say, I'm not there, Robbie. I got stuff in my life. I need more breakthroughs in my life right now. I'll do that later. I'll pray it later. Just be honest. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you honest. Will you pray with me? This breakthrough prayer. Bow your heads, please. 